Welcome to The Ground Floor, the podcast where we ask successful people exactly how they did it. Our guest today is Darcy Laceby, the co-founder of Absolute Collagen, a times 100 business that did 21 million in revenue last year alone. They created the UK's best-selling collagen drink and Darcy herself in the Forbes 30 under 30. So without further ado, please welcome Darcy Laceby. Nice to have you. Thank you for having me here. No problem at all. How are you doing? Yeah, good, thank you. On this rainy, uh, rainy London day. So you founded Absolute Collagen with your mum, which is obviously quite an, uh, an original story because that doesn't happen very often. Um, so why don't you take us sort of for a few minutes back to the very, very beginning. How did that even come about? Yeah, of course. So I went off to uni to do food science. We, I actually applied to do psychology and then randomly changed last minute, which is kind of like a weird curveball in the story. Mm. Um, my sister turned 17 so she could learn to drive. And my mum woke up one day and kind of sat at the end of the bed and was like, I haven't got any kids. Like, what do I do? Like, I have this life. Like, I can do anything with it. Um, she hadn't got to be, like, the mum, the best friend. Like, she realized she could be kind of whoever she wanted to be. Mm. Uh, so she always had this affinity with art, fine art. She's like, I'm going to do an art degree. Um, so she embarked on that. We both did a year of uni with nothing kind of, no synergies, really. Luckily, it wasn't the same uni because that wouldn't have... She would have a better social yeah. life than me, I think. Right. <laughs> wow. Um, yeah, she was quite wild. But she was always that person that sort of walked in the room. She was like the the entertainer. But that wasn't kind of like who she truly was, if that made sense. Um, but in doing this art degree, she did one... Um, she could kind of choose what she wanted to do. Like art students are wacky and eccentric. I think we can all yeah, agree on that one. And very true. Um, but she did this project and she called it Dare to Go Bear. Um, and she turned up at my bedroom door one day with a big tattoo here, a nose piercing. And I've got quite long, like curly hair. She did too. She chopped it all off and stripped the color out. When you strip the color out of something, it goes yellow, ginger, okay. orange. <laughs> okay. And had this like wacky hair. And I was like, oh my God, you've lost it. Like... <laughs> She bought a motorbike two years before, like a Ducati, like 900. Your mum sounds like just an absolute legend. Oh, yeah, like, well, yeah, so hey. far, I mean. Yeah, she's she's pretty cool. She's cooler than me. She's okay. like, cooler than most people from the side. Yeah, it sounds like it. Yeah, like when I was little, like all our friends want to come around to our house because they'd say like there was no rules. But there was. She wasn't like a crazy hippie mum or anything like that. Right. Um, but she did this project, didn't wear any makeup. What she realized is she wasn't very confident um, and thought, kind of woke up and thought that's not right. Like, how can she kind of change, change that? Um, so she started looking at like what she was putting in her body. She thought, you know, you could go down like the cosmetic route, Botox and all of those things. Yeah. Um, but she didn't want to do that. So she looked at what she's putting in her body. And at the time, everyone in America was drinking bone broth. Oh, yeah, I remember that. Yeah. Yeah. So like you get, like if you've done like a roast dinner and you get the bones and you yeah. boil them down. Yeah. Um, and you get this like dew essentially. So everyone in America was doing that. And she was like, I'm going to gonna do that too mm -hmm. so she's making it and literally in our fridge was like gravy boats just filled of this stuff and we didn't know what it was she's she's drinking it every day and her friends are like what are you doing you look good like your your skin's glowing your hair's glowing what are you taking she's like, i mean this this stuff i don't know what it is do you want some um it's like yeah cool and she like became known as the collagen dealer so like after some research we realized it was the collagen and like trying to find out what the best sort of form is etc and we then had this thing in a sachet and then december 17 we launched a website uh we didn't sell anything like no one came to said website because we weren't asking anyone to come there and that was a big shock actually i think that's quite normal to be honest when you're starting a business with yeah. no with no traction yeah it's, it's quite normal to sort of not have any sales on day one yeah exactly we weren't really doing marketing either so yeah. i don't know what we expected to happen um 
but yes, that was December 17. And then slowly, yeah, we, we found, uh, like direct consumer marketing through sort of Facebook, Instagram, word of mouth. And then, yeah, it kind of took off from there. So with the initial, um, with the initial product, how did it go from having a sort of, as you say, just a kind of boat in the fridge with bone broth to actually formulating a sort of scientifically tested, ready for market, ready for market product? Yeah. When we kind of found out it was collagen, we looked on the market and like what was out there already. Um, and surprisingly, there wasn't really anything. Mm. Like there was a couple of skin supplements with other ingredients, but beauty supplements were quite new at that point. Um, so it was about researching what the best type of collagen was, but the best form of collagen. And it's a really confusing market, especially for consumers. Um, there's a lot of misinformation out there yeah. and trying to like dig through the science like speaking to experts. We knew we wanted something like incredibly convenient, um, didn't need to be kept in the fridge the maximum of like what you could get in the minimum dose that was really important okay. um but yeah that's kind of how we got to the eight thousand milligrams with vitamin c in a little yellow sachet really and how did you go once you decided that that was what you needed how did you then actually put that into production and, and get your sort of mvp product if you like yeah we <laughs> we were going through some old emails the other day actually and me and my mum must have looked like crazy people like you've got this like 55 year old woman she never had worked Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. So she met my dad when she was 25. Yeah. Um, and then he had two kids already. So my old sisters um, and became a stay at home mum. So, yeah. And me, he was at uni just emailing like, so this collagen, can we import it? What's what's the regulations? Like, and then going to a blender and being like, can you mix this? Like, how do we make it like shelf stable? Blah, 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 blah. And then we found a manufacturer to put it into sachets and they're ace, like, we still yeah. speak to them like pretty much every day. Mm. They do all our packing. Um, they were the ones, I guess, that took like the risk or chance on us. Okay. Yeah. Um, because we're doing relatively small volumes. Like their other customers are huge. Yeah, yeah, sure. Um, sure. but now we're we're one of their biggest and we're part of their sort of ecosystem, which is lovely. Was there a degree, I suppose, when you were building that initial product of being nervous? Because I assume when you're doing consumables, there's a much greater risk about what you're actually putting into your product versus something you put on your skin or, or you know, clothing or anything yeah. like that. Yeah. So was there any nervousness around that? So that's the crazy thing. So obviously we have cosmetics now. Yeah. Cosmetics are so regulated, mm. like ridiculously, which is amazing for the consumer. You have to do your testing. You have to upload like your toxicology reports, your report shelf life mm. to the government website. Like it's on there. It's on the government gateway. Food, you can... As long as you have kind of the, you know, your, some food safety stuff, which not really people, they don't really check that. Like training centers doesn't check it. Mm. You're kind of left to your own devices, which isn't good. It's not a good way of operating because we sit in between, we're not a medicine. Yeah. Not pure, pure food. We're a, we're a supplement. We sit in the food category, which is just not regulated. And that's the problem with collagen. So you get, you can get collagen from a lot of things. So like we use type one, which is skin. Mm. We use fish skin to get that. It's just kind of how it how it works. You can, but like, think of how many types of fish are out there. Yeah, yeah. And it's all based on the amino acid profile of that specific collagen from the fish that's gonna do the do the good stuff. If that makes sense. Um, you then have like fish that are farmed or natural, and the fish we use they like to live in crowded spaces. If you get them out in the wild, mm. they generally live in really toxic environments. So you need to educate the consumer that. You don't really want farmed uh, wild fish. Mm, sure, you okay. want farmed, and that's it's really difficult trying. To, you always want to do what's right as a company, and you always want to give the consumer the best, the best thing. But sometimes it takes that education. And how did you teach yourself that process? 
Oh gosh, we have this saying like me and my mum and I didn't really think of it as a saying until someone said it the other day is like all you've got to do is the next right thing. So like whatever we do, we always try and do it like what, what we'd want. So we'd never do anything that's against regulation. My mum's always like, I love paying tax. Like we're very by the book people. Like we're not really risk takers, which yeah. is a, my mum's a risk taker. I'm completely adverse. Like we are opposites okay. right. in everything probably. That's nice though. Cause then you compliment each yeah, other. Yeah. It's a good balance. Yeah. She's like the crazy one. And I just like pick up pieces. <laughs> okay. okay. That makes sense. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That makes <laughs> I'm sense. like the organized one. Yeah. Okay. Um, but it works you know yeah. we don't have that like mummy daughter best friend relationship like we're not like that um we have like a really solid like she knows she lets me do my thing I let her do her thing and that's how it kind of works you know my parents met when I was 12 and I think I kind of always tried to take over that like dad role if that makes sense <laughs> yeah, in our right. house like doing the food shopping and she gave me a credit card when I was 12 and I could order from like a cardo and Sainsbury's and it was amazing right yeah so in terms of the initial idea to to make it a proper thing to take it away from her just sort of making things for her friends and to actually take it to something serious was it your idea did you kind of spot what she was doing and go hey this could be a business or was it her being like I think we could really make something out of this who came to who yeah no I was always the one that kind of operationally put things in place she was the one that was like Oh, like this could work. And originally we're in a bottle, uh, like a cowpaw bottle. With, like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and that didn't work. Like collagen, the Greek word's glue. It's like sticky. Okay. It doesn't doesn't work like that. Um, and it was always just like, we work very well together. Like I'd come up with an idea. She'd come up with an idea. And then you kind of just work towards that goal. Like we actually work quite separate, mm. if that makes sense. But then we always get to the right place. Mm. Um, so it's her, it's Maxine's idea, absolute collagen. 100% um but operationally I was the one that kind of put everything yeah into action I'm with you so at the very beginning of turning it into a product <laughs> how do you know where to find sort of physically putting it all together because I think that's the stuff that people be most interested in thinking you've got this idea maybe you've got a rough kind of home brew yeah how do you make it a real thing so we went to trading standards and I remember like they gave us a call and they were like we deal with cakes like this is exciting. This is cool. Like right. we'll help you. Um, and even the Department of International Trade, and I know we weren't trading internationally, but they were really helpful. They come around, they'd give us like free law advice, trying to look at trademarks and all that, because that's that's confusing contracts, like yeah. getting contracts set up with these people. But really for us, it was like a lot of hard work and just like Googling. I know mm. that's not what you want to hear, but normally. No, but that's a that's an no, honest answer. Yeah, it's, it's yeah. A good, it's a good so point. we know we wanted a sachet. Okay, like how can we find a sachet manufacturer? We didn't really know about trade shows at that time, which now looking back probably would have gone to. Hmm. Um, just Googling, finding things you like, finding products you like and just trying to find find that person. But collagen was an emerging market, like it was still in its infancy and we've grown the market in the UK. So it was quite easy to get suppliers on board in terms of ingredients. Um, but we just approached contract manufacturers and they yeah. usually have their, you know, exclusive relationships with ingredient suppliers, flavoring suppliers. Yeah. Um, so they're more than happy to make the food. Like, we went to them with want ten grams of collagen, eight grams of collagen, one vitamin C, small dose, yeah. blah blah blah. How do you make it shelf stable? How do you make sure it tastes good? Because I don't know if you've ever tried collagen on its own. So no, I can't say I have. No. Yeah, it's made of fish, so it's not, <laughs> okay. it's not tasty. Okay. Not tasty. Um, but luckily, with the amazing development work, it tastes great now. Um, yeah. 
Most, how, of, most of our consumers would agree. <laughs> I'm sure they would. How how big was the first batch? Do you remember? Uh, like your first minimum, minimum order? Yeah, so we, we were ordering, like we had to do like a ton at a time. Right. So a ton was roughly um, 8,000 units. Wow. Um, and that was a lot. Like, yeah, it is a lot. Yeah, yeah. Um, but we did a smaller ton. We did a 500 kilogram batch. Um, and I remember that last like a year. Right, right. And... We were trying to reformulate because we'd formulated with a chemical sweetener. We okay. wanted to be natural. That process took ages. And I remember I was like, we're going to run out in three days. It needs like, you need to blend it. We need to pack it. Because you have to wait for your micro results. So we ran out. And I remember sat there at the printer, like printing, because we had a male and a female product, but they were identical. Printing notes to put in the women's order, like that we're going to send the men's, but it's the same. Don't panic. Yeah. Right. Like, and you do all these things, like you just like, grass would run with it don't you and you have to did you ever feel like when when you were having a situation like that where the men's were going to the females if you needed to did you ever have any customers come back and be like oh well, why are there two versions or you know yeah 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 definitely so when we launched we launched with a branding that had a it wasn't really a woman but like a female figure on the front of it um it was never supposed to be four women but a yellow box with a woman's face on it we aren't marketing geniuses <laughs> Okay. Maybe we are now, who knows? Um, it just, you know, it was a beauty supplement. It's just going to be for for women. Men were asking that, like, the partners and the girlfriend, uh, the partners and the husbands, et cetera, friends were like, why have you not got men's product? And we're like, well, it's for men. Like, it's either. Um, they're like, no, 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 we need our own. Like, we want our own. We're like, okay, fair enough. And I think that's right. So we developed different packaging for men. Now we don't. We don't believe in that. We don't believe it's the right thing, if that makes sense. Like we live in such more fluid times. Hmm. Um, so we still have that product, mainly mainly because women's women's and men's on SEO yeah. rank well, but we're, yeah. and you do have to think about those things. Sure. So you have to like weigh up the pros and the cons. Um, but we are developing it into one product eventually. And so when you launched and you didn't have any sales right off the bat, what was your first the initial impression and gut feeling and then also how did you then overcome what was the next step um right so this is gonna sound crazy at that point we still weren't really trying to create a business I, like honestly okay. we were doing like three thousand pounds a month and it was like friends and family and we we're like that's oh, great yeah like i was still at uni it was me maxine the guy called brad at that point i like brad did all the we call him the tech man, but that's such that's such an insult. He's way more than the okay. tech man. Right. He's like um, everything to his website and things like that. Um, but yeah, we, like I said, official launch, December 17 was with the website. Mm -hmm. We launched in May 17 um, at like a trade show. Um, but word of mouth kind of worked. So I remember like May, we were doing like three, four thousand pounds. And then it was like seven. And I'm like, oh, this is okay. Um, but then we found a digital marketer. And that was the point. That was the starting point. Changed. Okay. I think the cool thing about growing with word of mouth as well is that like, especially if it's a skincare product where it's so results yeah. focused and uh, and so measurable, you know, people's skin is either improving or it's not. I think to grow by word of mouth is pretty amazing because it means like that's the best testament to the product that you can that you can really have. Yeah. We look at like, if you look at like our first click or last click data, it's always Facebook, Google, blah, blah, blah. And we did a survey for with, I think it was 5,000 of our customers in February last year or February 21 or something. Um, and like 50% of them had come to us through word of mouth. Wow. Like it That's was insane. It was 50%? Yeah. yeah, it was wow. crazy. Or they'd heard about it through, and it was mainly like salon referrals or your dermatologist or your friend. And usually it's like your 
barber mm. and it's normally they find out about it because they'll go to their friend like oh you look good like you look more confident or something mm. and they're like oh, well, i've been taking this stuff and then that's kind of how it trickles in yeah. um so our community and like we we call them absoluters um that's that's massive for us like that's mm. that's the thing that makes acac is our customers really no, I bet. I mean, that is, as you say, the best way to advertise a product, especially something that, like you're, you know, like you're doing. Yeah. There's the kind of consumable side. It's the trust element that you need, right? Yeah. With what you're doing. They're ace as well. They'll tell us when we've been out or something. Okay. A message of like, does Maxine know about this? <laughs> I'm like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> In terms of your demographic split, what's the kind of split between men and women? Oh, uh, men's really small now. It's like six percent. Right, right, right. So not not big at all. But like our kind of key customer, like our core customer, sorry, is sort of forty five, fifty five usually during sort of menopause perimenopause it's kind of like the point where women sort of look you know kids have gone to uni same as my mum kids have left the house or, or whatever it is um and they can kind of think okay I need like to think about myself a bit more mm. like this is the time in my life when I can think about me um and it's really interesting to like see and follow those women along that journey mm. Um, to kind of like self-discovery and kind of realizing their self-worth, I guess. Yeah, no, I bet. When you first made the website, because obviously that was when things became really real, um, or when the tech guy made the website, to give yeah. him his credit, um, was there a moment where in the initial marketing you had a specific strategy or was it sort of using word of mouth to drive to the website? Word of mouth was accidental. <laughs> right, okay. <laughs> Honestly, Looking back, we had no idea what we were doing. Right. Really, no were you, idea. Were you running SEO or PPC stuff? Yeah. So, right. so basically, when the website went live in December seventeen, nothing happened. Um, and uh, Maxine actually went to a digital marketing conference, and this lady Tash was doing a talk, and Maxine's ballsy, like she'll put herself out there. <laughs> She's um, got to do catty. She has to be ballsy. I mean, <laughs> yeah. that's crazy. She actually sold it to start the business. Really? And wow. then phoned the person to try and buy it back. <laughs> he'd sold it so. she, she sold wow. her motorbike to start a business that is commitment uh, more than that she went dos i'm gonna have to remortgage the house if we want to do this oh wow she remortgaged the house she so, remortgaged so, the house to start yeah. a business so when and you were saying when you launched that you still weren't thinking of it as a real business yeah you missed out the fact that your mom put her house on the yeah. line yeah. and sold her motorbike like we never i think we never had like a a real there was a sense that we want to do something for people. Like we had an amazing product that we wanted to get out there. It was never about the money. Like it's never been about yeah, the money, yeah. if that makes sense. So it was like, oh my God, we've got another customer. And we used to have the Shopify like cha-ching. I don't know if you're mm, yeah, yeah, familiar. Yeah. Well familiar. And yeah. like, we used to sit at dinner, we used to go off and you'd be like, oh my God, yeah, that's yeah. amazing. And that's um, the, I think that's the best feeling. That's a really important thing at the beginning yeah. as well. Because those little wins, when you hear that cha-ching, it's like, oh my God, this is starting to become real. I'm like, we've educated, taught someone and they've bought our product and they're going to see amazing benefits. Like it's it's an amazing feeling. For sure. Um, yeah, so she remortgaged her house, which is interesting. Um, but like I said, not risk averse. My life is, yeah, I'm nervous wreck because of Maxine. <laughs> um, but yeah, so we found, she went to the digital marketing conference. Lady did a talk um, and Maxine stood up and was like, you're taking more clients. And she's like, no. Uh, Maxine didn't take no for an answer. So walked up to her after and just handed her this yellow box, which is our product. And we have this joke with Tash, this lady now that like woman with the yellow box, like when that woman with the yellow box came up to me and that's like the moment, like the, the kind of turning point for us. Mm. Um, so I remember sitting down and it was, I think 8,000 pounds a month. So that was 
your fees and your ad okay. spend yeah for the first month and i was like oh my god that's a lot yeah. of money when you're starting out that's huge yeah yeah like that's a lot of money and if it doesn't work how are we funding month two and if that doesn't work how are we funding month three um and this is why it works because she just goes like full steam ahead and i'm like huh like let's fix everything <laughs> Slow down. Yeah. yeah 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 um she used to like double triple pay invoices like forget to pay yeah she's wow she's great <laughs> so she's really the creative kind of yeah wildcat wild, yeah. wild card yeah yeah, she's ace. I remember we sat down once. We were like, hey, how much, like, what is the goal? And the goal was to do that ton, so that 8,000 units a month. And I was like, I'm thinking, that's a lot. We've got to shift a lot of product. Yeah. Like, that's a lot of people. Um, but then we turned on the subscription. Um, so at that point, we were one time, like, like I said, no idea on what we were doing. We didn't do on subscription, even though someone needs to buy it every four weeks. Right. Would make sense now, wouldn't yeah. it? Yeah. Um, and it was letterbox friendly. Also, like, not an accident, but like incredible. Mm. Like it works so well. Um, so yeah, then when we turn on subscription, so that's our main product now really is just the subscribe. Um, that was like crucial for us because then you start learning about, well, I say learning about LTV. We actually only learn about LTV and we took investment really. Okay. For anyone listening, do you want to just give a quick summary of what LTV yes. is in case? I'm, I'm really conscious of people that might not know. <laughs> So LTV is your lifetime value. So when you acquire a customer, say for £10, your CPA, um, how long that customer stays with you and how long that customer spends with you is their, ultimately their lifetime value. Got you. Yep. And so was all of this in the run up to the trade show? Or was this post trade show? Post. Post trade show. Uh, yeah, so all of this was post. So yeah, I did the trade show. and We had loads of stuff to sell. The stand next to us dropped out. So we had this massive stand okay. and we had nothing to put on it. Yeah. And we were like, oh God. And we, oh, this is so cringe looking back so we have this woman on the front of the box and she's not on it anymore but she's like a little bit alieny like she's got like short ginger bob bright green eyes okay um and we're like we're gonna hire 20 models to dress up like her and walk around birmingham interesting <laughs> yeah wow. it's like a really failed attempt at guerrilla marketing <laughs> <laughs> but that's well, the thing like you're yeah. gonna lose like you're gonna do stuff yeah, 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 yeah. We do that? yeah. so were, it, they, were they walking around handing out the product or was it just some kind of with the, with the instagram on the chest or something or? yeah so we had them in like you know um like a nurse like um outfit thing so like um gray like a salon yeah, yeah. gray just gray things and then a big yellow um sash that said hashtag absolute that's kind of where hashtag absolute came from okay. and then they had gray um ginger wig wigs and then like green contact lenses right and we just got them to walk around like holding a box looking like <laughs> bemused <laughs> and we got told oh, off okay. like they had to stop after a couple of hours oh wow yeah interesting well that's one form of marketing isn't it yeah right? well we didn't realize yeah. you had to get permission like that's okay. how little we around. do I wouldn't have thought yeah. that either. It was in a it was in the NEC in Birmingham. Right. Okay, so like right. they're walking around the exhibit and like outside the exhibit on the train and stuff. Okay. There's right. some rules. Yeah. Apparently. And when so when you so when you're at the trade show and you and you launched, um, given that it was still an emerging market, as you mentioned, but it was there's still kind of consumables as a whole and supplements was quite a saturated market. Mm -hmm. How did you actually make your product stand out? So at that point we were still in um bottles. Okay. So we were trying to get rid of that stock essentially, because we knew we wanted to turn it into sachets um but we weren't sure we people didn't know what collagen was so it was quite easy to speak to someone and kind of say do you know what collagen is no okay well you're made of collagen and it mm. depletes take this you'll top it back up and you'll get amazing results so like do you want, do you want me to explain about collagen yeah, yeah, yeah that'd, that'd be, be helpful good. yeah yeah so like actually, collagen's everywhere like it's the biggest protein in your body it's in your skin nails um teeth eyes like 
joint bones, like it's literally over. Uh, and you get different types. So as you age, you know, wrinkles really easy to explain because you can see it. You can't really see your bones. Um, as we age, you get worse at sort of depleting the stores. So like a wrinkle forming is collagen degrading. Okay. It's kind of easy to understand. Yeah. yeah. Um, it's a massive protein, like I said, like your body can't get rid of it. So it chops it up into little pieces. With a supplement, you're ingesting those little pieces to trick your body into thinking more is breaking down. So it creates right. more. Okay. okay, I'm with you. Yes, yeah, so it's great for like people with like a joint issues is yeah, like yeah. the biggest thing. It's been useful really. Um, yeah, it's great for skin, hair, nails, and anything like that. Were you really passionate about this um, before it launched? And what, what, first of all, were you drinking it before it became a product yourself? As in, were you one of the kind of lab rats that your mum gave yeah. stuff to? In, yeah, it was literally like stock. Like I was eating stock cubes for yeah. okay. years. And so <laughs> were you super passionate about skincare in any other personal way? Or was it more like this could be a business and it is a good product. Let's just run with that. Yeah, so I love food. <laughs> Hence I did food science yeah, uni. Sure. Like food supplements, that's what I love. Um, sport, like is my thing, I guess. Um, I love developing things and weirdly what I wanted to do before I went to uni is like procurement and operations in a food company mm. which is what I I kind of was COO of Absolute College of like the first three years like that's what I got to do um I love like problem solving like that's one of my big passions skincare like I've never been a big like makeup person it's not really my thing skincare I love the fact that you can use kind of like supplements and skincare and kind of build beauty through like strength of your own body if that makes sense completely um rather than like covering up or putting something on top etc yeah, completely um, agree yeah so i've kind of fallen into this but it's through a passion like it's through like a backdoor passion if that makes sense yeah, or, yeah. um but now i love it like skincare is so interesting now i know that i know this is my no, this is my place. This yeah. is calling. No, it's yeah. a really nice story. Um, so, so when you got your your kind um, of brand officer on board, then that, as you said, was was the turning point for the business. In what in what way? What was the what was the, the impact of that? You mean uh, getting Tash on board so the yeah. marketing? Yeah, of course. So it's weird actually. We were a three. So me, Brad, and Maxine. Tash was a three. They worked out of a shed in their back garden. We worked out of Maxine's well, family home, um, and. We didn't know what to mark. Like we had no shoot. Like we've never done a photo shoot. All the products we're taking is from like the original branding that we did. Um, and that also was a key learning point. Like we'd approached a company uh, in Shrewsbury where, where I live um, and said like, your branding's great. Like how did you do it? And they were like, we had a really bad experience, wasted loads of money. These guys are good. So we use a company called Source in Shrewsbury. They're ace, still use them today. Source. Source, yeah. Um, quite a small company. Um, but we have like a great relationship with yeah. them. Um, just, so, just for anyone listening, is that source as in a source you might put on food or source as in the source of the problem? The source of the problem. Got it. Yeah. And the solution. Um, so we only had like the images, yeah, of like that they'd created from like our original brand shoot. So we didn't have any videos or anything. And Tash was like from Bolt Digital, They're based in London actually. It was like, you need some content. Like we can't sell your products. You've got no content. Like we were pushing, you know, subscribe and save, like a picture yeah. of a sachet, yellow background. They can get in Canva by the way. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Not even Photoshop. No. no. <laughs> okay, cool. I've learned Photoshop now. <laughs> nice. <laughs> nice. Um, so you guys, you can launch a company with Canva. Let's yeah, just make that clear now. Although um, Photoshop's ideal. So Tasha was like, look, you're going to have to create some content. So we're like, okay, we'll film Maxine. We'll film her doing, you know, she's very, she's very passionate about um, 
women and basically just doing your own thing, if that makes sense. Mm. Um, so film, film are talking about what she talks to me about anyway. Like we did a video where we literally videoed her driving and talking because she's better if she's relaxed. Okay. Don't give her a script. Yeah, yeah. No, just let her talk. Um, we did like a day in the life. It's so cringy. I look back. And what I used to do in the mornings, I grab my laptop and I go sit in bed with my mum right. at like seven. Um, and we did that every morning, like with a cup of tea. And we just sit on laptops. Yeah. Um, so Tasha was like, we're going to capture that moment. So you've got this video of me and my mum sat in bed <laughs> on a laptop. So my friends are like, do you sit with your mum? I'm like, no. <laughs> like, not what happened. Um, but yeah, we just created some content that we thought people were going to like. Mm. And it was just real. Um, we actually, I used to sit there I must have messaged so many customers and be like, will you do some videos for us? And that was back in 2017. Like that UGC was quite new, not mm. new, but like not. Again, for anyone listening, thing. UGC is user generated content. Sorry. Yeah. No, 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 no. It's totally fine. I'm just, I'm always conscious of anyone listening. Same with LTV. I was like, just good. So, that everyone so yeah. So we would message some customers who had left us positive reviews on like Instagram, Facebook, on our ads. So like, I do take this, like it's good. Um, and I'd be like, look, do you want to take a video of your experience? And we'd send that um, to the marketing agency and that really worked really well for us. Mm. Um, and then I would also say like, do you want to post it on your own social? Mm. That was ace. That worked really well. Um, it's just about trying like new things. and Yeah, yeah. yeah completely. You know, Got to be motivated because there's so much... So much to do. Yeah, and I think UGC is a really is a really big thing as well because I think it's as you said it's only kind of been around for a few years to that degree. But I think with the rise of platforms like TikTok, where the value of having a genuine person, mm -hmm. not someone in like a fake doctor's outfit or something on a on a TV sort of ad commercial, mm -hmm. having someone just in their bedroom on an iPhone camera being like, "This product is genuinely a game changer," will sell so many more units than something where the people can kind of because I think people are more cottoning on, especially with the rise of podcasting. It's less formulaic. It's less kind of calculated. And people are cottoning on more to the value of authenticity. So it's great that you tapped into it so early. Yeah. I mean, if we create like a really lovely brand video, amazing, lovely, put it on TikTok, everyone's like, nope. Mm. <laughs> Don't try and do your pretty graphic stuff on here. Like yeah, I just yeah, want yeah. real people content. Yeah. 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 Massively. So in terms of hiring, you had your friends from uni. Did you sort of say, right, guys, we're doing this properly. Do you want to come on salary kind of full time? So, <laughs> so it was me, Brad and mum. Maxine. I always did operations. Um, Brad did tech and systems. Together we did marketing. Um, the next hire after that was weirdly like a full-time. So this this lady called Katie, um, she's still with us, uh, just to do community management, which probably okay. wouldn't full-time community management yeah. for employees. Yeah. Probably yeah. like not the best yeah. use of anyone's time. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but we had digital marketing agencies, so that was fine, all outsourced. And we outsourced a lot of that for ages, and we still do, to be honest. Um, and then because me and Brad and Maxine were like running the business, the next hire after that was um, like uh, just a marketing manager, someone to help kind of just like get the content in, yeah. et cetera, like think about what we're doing next. And our channel split was so narrow. Mm. Like we didn't have any breadth. We were like 80% meta, so Facebook yeah. and Instagram, 10% Google. Okay. And then like we were trying to do Pinterest, it wasn't really working. Right. Trying to do other stuff wasn't yeah. really working. Um, but yeah, we didn't really get anyone senior in until uh, December, probably like November 2019, 2020. Um, when we hired some more like senior marketing figures, like we didn't hire our first marketing director till after our investment in December 2020. Mm -hmm. 
So he hired a marketing officer, then early 21, then a CEO, CFO. Um, and now we have like a great C-suite team, but yeah. that's only really been built in the last like year. Mm. So, and you mentioned that you were doing operations, Brad was doing tech and systems. And what was your mum's main focus? She was doing more sort of outfacing things. So, like, she's really passionate about charity, right? Talking um, at events and those kind of things. Her, she's all about like the vision for the the brand, like seeing customers, etc. Yeah. Um, figuring out like she she does this thing like she goes out. She'll always say, and this is such rubbish. She's like, I don't know what I do in this business, but it's rubbish. She's the one that like goes out finds things yeah and then we're okay. like okay we can do it yeah like okay. this is how we do it like this is how we put yeah. it into action um that's why it like works she always says like one of her greatest skills is realizing what she's not good at it's a really good skill yeah, yeah really good skill Very so easy. she's always brought in like brad on the web front me uh, <laughs> i remember like she was like we amazon i was like yeah we do it on amazon she's like, i'll try and set it up and i was like okay uh, the Amazon's a nightmare to set up. Yeah. Especially like food supplements, the regulations and stuff. Yeah, Sounds like my worst nightmare. Yeah. Um, so I was like, okay, we'll, we'll just, that's the thing you just have to try, don't you? Do. Sure. Yeah, yeah. yeah. A lot of the people that we've had on have said exactly the same thing. It's just trying and failing and learning and just repeating that process. And yeah. You have to be, be like ruthlessly dissatisfied. Yeah. And that's something yeah. that I've had to learn. Like now we've got big team. There's sort of 55, 60 of us. We've done something great. Like we've launched a TV ad for instance, last year. And now I'll just be like, oh, okay, let's do the next thing. Mm. That's not good for the team. Like the team need to know that like, you're proud, you're happy, this is amazing and they've all done a good job. But I'm just like, I remember actually seeing someone from the Department of International Trade that helped us at the beginning, came to our office um, a couple of months ago and he was like, oh, Darcy, you've done it. Like absolute college is amazing that you've done it. And I pointed out, I went, if, if this all goes bad, there's like 50 people and families that mm. this affects like mm. until we're i don't know when i'll get to that point i don't think i'll have that point in my head like in terms of scale but i just know that there's more people in this business now to protect and that's a bigger responsibility so we can't take those risks i guess completely yeah. no i think that's true i think that's true you touched on your relationship with your mum but i think that's a really interesting thing to circle back to because i think a lot of people will have impressions about what it could be like working with family or working <laughs> with friends and that smile i think is quite telling so do you think there is anything maybe that you would have done differently in terms of working with your mum? And what if someone was to ask you, I'm thinking of going into business with maybe a family member, what do you think? I don't, if looking back, I would give my mum more of a break. I could be quite ruthless. Right. Yeah. But we are very direct and straight with each other. And that kind of scares people sometimes. Um, so yeah, my boyfriend works at AC. So we've been together since before Absolute College. Yeah. He was an accountant and every evening I'd be like, numbers. Yeah. I'm dyslexic. Mum's dyslexic. Don't give us okay. anything to yeah, do yeah, with. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Maths. Um, and then, so he came on board. My little sister does all our organic social media. Okay. Um, I think, and it might sound really bad. My dad and my mum split up when I was 12. I think if my mum had a partner, it wouldn't have worked. Mm. Does that make sense? Yeah. In, what, like, in what way? Like another man, like a man in the house. We were working from home. She was taking big risks. We were taking big risks as a family. I think if there was another person in that situation that she could have. They could have been like, are you sure this is a good idea? Yeah. Yeah. I think Someone so. to dissuade her almost. Yeah. And I think our relationship's awesome. Like we have, my mum's like very creative and wacky. She always says like, we are but three. 
this is like a thing. And it's like, whichever one of us needs to step forward at the time, being me, my sister or her, like we'll do and we'll kind of like lead on that. Um, but yeah, I think, you know, she's with my dad for 15 years. Um, AC wouldn't be where it is if she didn't, one, stop stop drinking, so she's not drank for like 10 years yeah. now, or two, like split off my dad because she wouldn't have realized her own kind of confidence worth issues. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Um, so it's all happened. That's the thing with business, isn't it? Like everyone's like, oh, how did you do it? Like blah, 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 blah. I'm like, right product, right time. Like there's mm. a lot of luck involved. Like there is, like you can work as hard as you want, but there's certain moments that can be like the pinnacle of the turning point of you doing something. Yeah. And I'm sure if we made a load of those decisions differently, we wouldn't have been in the same position. Sure. Um, and a lot of that is down to luck, I guess. Yeah, definitely. definitely. Do, you, do you remember how much you started with? I know you said you had £8,000 for the first month of marketing budget. Do you remember how much initial overall capital you had? Yes. Yeah, so in total, the business cost us uh, £240,000 to set up. Right. Right. And that was predominantly from the remortgaging in the bike or was it sort of loans or did you have sort of money saved? Remortgaged bike and then borrowed right, right, money right. off my... She's like my nan, but not related to me. Right, okay, right, right. And where did you allocate that capital at the start? Um, branding, okay. getting the first batch in. We've always worked from home. So, well, not anymore. That'd be weird. Um, so there was sort of just getting the distribution center set up. Branding was really important. Like we put a lot of money into that, um, probably more than you'd expect or think. And then literally the marketing budget because eight thousand pounds the first month didn't return us eight thousand pounds in the second yeah. <laughs> like yeah, for, yeah. for some for someone listening who might be curious about the branding side of it how much sort of in terms of the allocation of the money into the branding part of it what literally does that get spent on because yeah. marketing is more straightforward it could be ppc it could be facebook ads ppc is pay-per-click mm-hmm. um but for branding where does that money go yeah so we i think oh, i can't remember off the top of my head i think it's around eight thousand pounds um possibly a bit more and we went to them with a vision like this is the product this is how we want to make it, people feel mm-hmm. um this is what it stands for and this is how we're gonna sell it hopefully um and this is the thing i don't like necessarily about marketing companies is i come back and they're like okay we'll make your brand i'll make your logo we'll do you like business cards like, you don't need business cards take them out the quote yeah. <laughs> pen designs and all of that yeah. stuff company um, t-shirt yeah and they were like we'll do eight really nice photos we'll do your logo we'll do your brand typography like how things are going to sit like your hierarchy might touch on like tone of voice like how you want to sound as a brand but that's probably a bit further down the line um so you probably don't really get necessarily that much but it's worth hmm. it's worth the investment for sure like i see a lot of beauty brands and skincare brands now and just starting out and I look and think, ah, like you need to own it. Like you need to be ownable. You need to be identifiable. That looks like everything else mm, on yeah, the shelf. And, yeah. You know, the color yellow isn't enough for us to stand out. Like we have to do more than that. Yeah. Um, for instance, like we don't really have an icon. We're just re- developing one. Um, you get your icon, your logo um, and things like that. But remember to trademark it. <laughs> yeah, a lot of people. That's a that really good day point. One, to be honest with you, a lot of people. Is there a part of you that looks back and thinks you could have maybe started it with a small amount of money and if so how would you have how would you have essentially started it with with less yeah i mean at the time i know facebook's a bit different now with all the cookie changes and privacy tracking etc um we were putting in a certain amount of money we could have half that and probably still got 
probably more than half the sales. Usually you scale and it doesn't really hold. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, we definitely could have definitely could have done that. And there's different ways that we could have marketed, to be honest. Like, um, we know salons were, we don't use them, but they're a crucial part of mm. absolute collagen. Go to salons, sell to salons. Um, but the the beauty of D2C is like, you're getting payback. Yeah. You're getting that money yeah. as soon as someone buys something. And if you're going to go into retailers, you need to be really wary that that's not going to happen. Um, and there's a lot of companies that make that mistake you mm. know going into retailers not realizing in the 90 day terms they might not even mm. yeah, stick yeah. to you might be like 120 yeah, or whatever yeah. yeah um and then landing in really bad positions um so yeah okay because i'm just thinking there are a lot there may well be some people listening to this who want to start yeah, some, a similar business who don't have access to the 240,000 pounds to start with as well like we started with one product yeah. you don't need to start with 10 products um one of the big pharmaceutical companies that we all know started with one, like a cold sore cream or something. Okay. And then in like 1940s and is now scaled to like a billion dollar brand, like mm. huge. Um, but you need to just find your niche. If you're going to, so like we sit across three categories, we sit across hair care, skincare and supplement. We couldn't have launched that in the beginning. No one would have taken us seriously. Everyone had been like, why do you have these permissions to go in three categories? Like, yeah. What do you know? Yeah, yeah. But we've built our authority as like the collagen experts. But that spans over into skincare because you're made of collagen. Weirdly, our skincare products don't contain collagen. Put it on your skin, it's not going to do anything. Mm. But it contains ingredients that help the matrix in your skin and in turn the collagen, if that makes sense. Um, But yeah, just start small, really. Do you remember your first hire that wasn't sort of a friend or family member? Yeah, Hannah. (laughs) regardless of whether Hannah's listening or not good or bad decision oh yeah first experience were you new to hiring how did how was that talk me through that process um, yeah so we still use the same recruiter actually um got really well with them and he must have thought I was batshit crazy <laughs> like I'd ring up what's marketing manager how much how much money is that like what what, what do I need yeah and he's like uh what do you want? I'm like, yeah. just marketing manager. He's like, no, 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 that doesn't, it's not helpful. <laughs> it's not, yeah. Yeah, it's not how it works. We need a job yeah. description. I'm like, well, they'd be doing this, like blogs and blah, blah, blah. And SEO is a great way of doing like a cheaper marketing, I guess. Yep. Um, search engine optimization. <laughs> your content on your website. Amazing. Um, and <laughs> she came for an interview and she came to our house, like me, my mum, my sister, and Brad. And I think at that point we had a, one of our one of my partner's best friends girlfriends in customer service um still with us as well uh good at retention Um, yeah clearly and i remember we were like yeah you're hired like you can start on a first interview um and we always used to cook lunch for everyone and we cooked a ham like that sounds so weird and she (laughs) always remember telling me she went home for my first day and to her partner she's like they cooked a ham for lunch and we all sat and at dinner together. And <laughs> it was like, so weird looking back. Like these people, they trusted us like with so much. Yeah, that's another um, first day. Yeah, but she was ace. Like she, um, she did everything. Like she did so much stuff for us, like blogs, um, reaching out to customers, just doing all the stuff, like liaising with agencies that yeah. we didn't necessarily have the experience to do. Mm. Um, but yeah, there's probably been like a couple of bad hires looking back and you can hire them when you're interviewing them you know it's not right mm. um but there's been a couple of people where we've interviewed them on like zoom and me and brad have looked at each other and be like we're gonna go and meet for a second should we hire them yeah you're hired and that's after like a 20 minute interview but some of those Amazing. decisions were great can't do that anymore 
one of our um one of our previous guests made a point when we had a conversation about hiring where he said he's less focused on the people having the specific skill sets and more sort of in terms of their overall attitude because skills can be trained what's your approach on hiring and what's your thoughts on that if someone's motivated especially in like a d2c environment and if someone's motivated and enthusiastic that means more than anything Mm. um like it's literally i know you have to go through the criteria and you need someone that can do the job Mm. but someone can learn the job i 100 percent agree with that um if you can find out those gems of people that you know i don't want anyone to work five to nine like we want them to work nine to five um but they can just be really passionate and just enjoy their job as much as you enjoy yours um and you have those great relationships with those people because it can be really hard to work for founders because they're so demanding of what they think good looks like. Yeah. Um, and for me, to be honest, it's been like a learning journey of not everyone can be like that. Yeah, of course. Um, and it's recently in sort of the past two years, we've really, you know, a lot of our company is young. So, you know, under 30 or have young kids. Yeah. Really female heavy. Like I think we're like, 65% female or something um, and appreciating that this isn't their life like yeah. they have a family like this is a small portion of their life and you don't need to work extreme hours you just need to enjoy what you're doing do a good job and yeah everyone benefits it from it at the end of the day and how have you instilled that balance then in the people that work at, at AC yeah to be honest it was hard like at the beginning of sort of taking investment like everyone's like supercharged ready to go and everyone wants to work all the hours and you want everything done now blah 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 like we've had to learn as a leadership team not to be you know overly overly critical overly ambitious in like our plans like the people that work for AC are incredible like they're great they want us to do well and I've walked into some office environments where you can just tell like everyone wants each other to fail and I'm like this is terrible like why yeah why like that um but I know that when people start with AC like I'll speak to them a couple of weeks into their their journey I'm like "How, how are you finding it they talk about the job. I'm like, no, not the job. Like, how do you find the people? Like, are you enjoying it? And they're like, this is one of the best ways to work. Like, the culture. And even though, you know, you've got me there, my sister, my mum, my partner, best friends, and the dog comes to work. So it is a family environment. Yeah. But even when we're not there, like, I know that everyone at work, some of them are best friends. They've recently met. Nice. They're going to each other's weddings. And yeah, nice. Going, going abroad with each other. So it's, yeah, I just, I know that if I'm, if the team is grumpy and sad and not doing well, I'm grumpy, sad and not doing yeah. well. Like yeah. I'm a massive people person and I feed off other people's like, energy. So I think it's crucial to have a good culture. No, definitely. It's huge. Yeah. It's, it's what's obviously made your attention so good at, at AC, right? Yeah. And it's things that a lot of companies do struggle with, definitely. Mm-hmm. Um, did you want to say something? Yeah, I was just going to say, um, I think, because um, when we were talking about marketing, you seem to know a fair bit about it even if you're not the marketing manager yourself and it reminded me i saw an interview with dame dash the other day where he was saying how he thinks it's really important in a business that he knows as much about the specific roles of the people he employs as possible so that they have faith in him that he knows and he's competent in those areas do you sort of have that view in terms of whether it's marketing or anything else that like you like to keep an ear in so that you know what's going on right um everyone i employ is going to be better at that job than me because I'm 25 and I've never done it before. Yeah. And I have an ace relationship with everyone that I've line managed or whatever. Because I literally sit there and think, and I'll be so, I'm I'm very, um, I'm quite like, not humble, that sounds 
bit pathetic. But I'm very much like, you're good at your job. I've We've hired you because you're good at your job. I want to learn from you. You can learn from me about the brand and the story and the people because I know the brand better than anyone else. But at the end of the day, I would love to know more about that position. And I have done, I've done pretty much every role in absolute college and except finance, don't know me there. Um, no, from customer service, et cetera, to operations, to marketing, mm. to all your other other bits. But I think as long as you have an appreciation for the role and you can have an appreciation for the person, and I know that they're going to do a better job than I could because I've never done it before, and you build that rapport, I don't think it's necessarily like a crucial thing. Um, and that's a lot that's a lot to learn about everyone's. Mm a lot to do yeah Yeah, and i think it would be the optional perfect thing but i don't think it's practical yeah and it's also nice not to micromanage i think that's one that's definitely back when i was working for other people that was definitely one of my biggest pet peeves was like having someone who's hired me for a job and then insists on constantly breathing down my neck about exactly how they want it done all the time yeah um and i think yeah letting people giving people space thinking you've hired them because they can do the job exactly i think it's important definitely just looping back then to the period where you took on investment how did that decision come about and what was that conversation yes it was february i think february 2019 or february 2020 i can't remember um and we had this business it was scaling fast i think we were probably doing like 13 million a year or something um and we sat down as a leadership me my mum i don't call her my mum by the way i call her maxine if people find that weird so i'm sure that's right i don't call my dad dad either no do you not i don't call my dad dad oh yeah you don't do you no i don't call my dad dad no (laughs) (laughs) It is quite it is quite unusual though. A lot of people don't. Yeah, I call my dad Rob. Okay. Um, <laughs> and we sat down and we had this conversation. And Maxine went, "What do you want to do? Do you want to sell the business? Do you want to carry on with the business? Like, what do you want to do?" And I was like, "We're not selling it like that. No, like we've got way way further to go." And then we thought, if we've got respect for everyone in this business we should bring some people in that have done that before, been there, done that, and can truly scale it in an appropriate, efficient way. Um, and that was the start of us looking for investments. That was the February. Um, and, and which year was this? Uh, February 2020. Not like super it's long ago. Interesting time to be looking for investment. Right? Yeah, well, we didn't, we weren't going to do it. And then we were like, why wouldn't, why wouldn't we do it, I think? Um, but we didn't need the money. That wasn't why we looked for investment. Um, quite cash owned business. Um, bank balance is healthy. But we thought we needed to bring some people in if we truly like respected the people that worked at AC um, to take it to the next level. Uh, so then we took investment in December 2020 with a company called Living Bridge. They're great. We got on really well with them. I've heard like horror stories from a lot of people about their experiences. Um, mm. We get on really well with them and they've they've unlocked people that we couldn't have unlocked on our own. Um, and I do believe that. Like people could say, well, you could have found that person. And I'm like, no, I don't think the people that we have on board now, say our CEO, she's ex-vice president of Amazon. I don't think she would have trusted, mm. you know, 15 people working out of Maxine's house if we didn't have the backing of this big company. Sure. Um, and that's that's no disrespect to her. I think that's the right thing to do. Mm. Um, they brought us in, our brand director, um and our coo slash cfo and they're great they're great people in terms of doing the funding rounds um when you're going around sort of auditioning these people to see where you take investment from do you have any advice for people who might be needing funding sort of in what to look for and what to kind of vet for yeah so the way we did it is we found um a company that kind of facilitated the 
kind of act as like the middleman between like us and the investor. Um, we had many meetings with them about like what we wanted, what we're kind of looking for, what kind of brand we were, how we work. Because uh, we're a bit of a different company. You're not going to walk in and find everyone in suits. and Yeah. Yeah. You're going to find the dog in me. Um, that kind of company with a dog. Yeah. Like uh, and they kind of said, well, I think this is your pool of people. Like here's, you know, a hundred different firms and you can, you know, there's a trade person in there. There's uh, some small like indie investors, etc." And we were like, okay, cool. And they're like, okay, we'll make the deck. So we made a big deck, um, which they worked so hard on, honestly. I don't know how, we, you, this is your area, isn't it? Like investment. Yeah, yeah, sure. Yeah, we can go with that. Yeah, ish. Yeah, yeah, sure. I don't know how they do it. Like we'd be on calls. He'd be sending emails at like two in the morning and I'd get on a call at eight and they'd be like, hello. I'm like, how? <laughs> yeah. Where's yeah. the energy come from? Literally. Yeah, that's, that's me. Um, yeah. that's, that's who I am. <laughs> so we had this big deck, sent it out to people, other investors, and then you get some bites like, who wants to actually meet you? And I didn't know what to expect. So they came, by this point, we had an office in Telford in a warehouse because we do all our own distribution as well uh, and still do. Um, and they were like, hey, you've got four meetings, they're two hours each. M- me and Maxine will be like the people representatives from AC and we'll have the two guys we, uh, that were facilitating the investment and we'll just have a conversation. I was so nervous. Mm. Honestly, I thought, this is a lot of money. Like if, if it all goes wrong, it's my fault. Because these people are used to dealing with like, not, not 22 year old yeah. me and her 56 year old mum that I'd never worked for. Um, and I thought it went terribly. I was like, we've ruined it, blah, blah, blah. Um, and weirdly I spoke to our investor now. I was like, what did you think? Like when you first came? And he was like, I wasn't sure. Um, but someone reminded me that you can't just build a brand. Because if you could just build a brand, we'd be doing it. Um, and what you and your mum have created is is really special. Um, and then that that is the investor that we went with. Um, but it's you've got to be honest and have that like a good relationship mm. with them. Like there was one that turned up in suits and suited and booted and that's just it's just not you yeah yeah you gotta want to be with, more relaxed you gotta go with what works for you um as we uh as we close out there's one thing that we like to ask all of our guests which is obviously as you're aware the premise of this podcast is you know a lot of other podcasts focus on sort of high touch motivational stuff maybe a bit more vague we like to drill down into the practical as you have uh, amazingly um so we like to ask all our guests if there's one piece of practical actionable advice that you could give could be to do with hiring budgeting marketing whatever anything else there's one piece of practical advice what would you give to someone listening who's looking to start a business um i think plan effectively or try and plan for every eventuality because you never know what's going to happen right um and i think if we'd done better planning in the beginning we'd we'd have known our data better Mm. and then been able to make better decisions Mm. um and then knowing your data we didn't do that at the beginning and if we'd have known our data better i do think we could have scaled faster amazing but um darcy this has been an amazing conversation thank you so much uh the floor is yours uh promote whatever you like how can people find you and absolute yeah, so uh, you can find us on our website, absolutecollagen.com, but connect me on LinkedIn, Instagram. Um, yeah, happy to ever ask any questions or answer them. Amazing. Thank you so You're much. Really good. Here, Darcy. Thanks for coming on. Cool. Guys, what an amazing conversation. Uh, Obviously, you can find the audio on all platforms. If you're watching on YouTube, make sure to subscribe and hit the notification bell so you never miss any videos that we've got coming out. We've got lots of fantastic interviews on the way. Thank you so much to Darcy for being here. I hope you all learned a lot. And uh, if you're listening on audio platforms, make sure to rate us five stars and leave a review if you enjoyed it. And uh, we will see you in the next one. This has been The Ground Floor. Thanks, everyone.